This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. The Narcotics Control Bureau on Monday told the court that no drugs were found on Aryan Khan Shahrukh Khan's son who was arrested in connection with the Mumbai cruise drug case on Sunday. The investigating officer while seeking Aryan Khan's for the custody admitted that no illegal drugs were recovered from Aryan Khan. Breaking Riya Chakravarty has now been arrested by the Narcotics Control Bureau. See the charges as we earlier also pointed out that harboring narcotics and uh, procurement of narcotics facilitating the procurement of narcotic drugs that is what she is being booked for sources have told india today that actor deepika padukone's name is now surfaced in the drug links case in a chat access by india today between deepika padukone and her manager karishma deepika sought mal or hash Now a massive a haul of drugs worth 21000 crore rupees seized from Gujarat's Mundra port Those snippets became headline for days irrespective of the amount of drugs all because of a law that was passed in 1985 This law is called the Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act or the NDPS Act which prohibits manufacturing trade use of drugs in any form except for medical or scientific purposes Today some people regret creating that law i'm ashamed of our campaign in 1984-85 that is dr rajesh kumar who had signed a petition in 1984 asking for strict laws to curb drug abuse in india a push from western countries attempting to keep their streets clean and many in india like rajesh rallied for harsher laws that gave birth to the ndps act Now more than 2 decades later when thousands are languishing in jails many like Rajesh are appealing that the very same NDPS act be amended so that it does not victimize the user However this is in direct contrast to the government mulling stricter punishments to plug drug abuse in India Now in a country where certain substances are part of some cultures and openly consumed in festivals can a universal law be implemented or uh, what is the difference between decriminalization and legalization of drugs now what happens to an adolescent who is languishing in jail for years because he wanted to get high in college and finally how can we make our society more inclusive uh, than shun and victimize those who have abused substance in various quantities a doctor a former police commissioner an ex judge and et's reporter tell me about the downs of getting high i'm devina sengupta and you're listening to the morning brief Today Dr Rajesh is the executive director at Society for Promotion of Youth and Masses and closely works with victims of substance abuse. His outlook towards dealing with the end user of a drug or opioid of any form has definitely changed since 1984. As per the government of India data around 5 crore people those who are dependent and they need treatment today not tomorrow. 
So that is one. And and if five crore people are dependent, then where we send them? Should we send them to jail, or we have to be very realistic that they need to be provided treatment, and they have to be brought into the ambit of the the entire health system, where the treatment, rehabilitation, and recovery should be ensured, even by the law. He alleges that only certain parts of the act are implemented, whereas treatment options for those with smaller quantities of drugs. are often ignored by the courts doctor you were one of the people who did lobby for this ndps act right in the 1980s and uh, now you say you are ashamed that you ever lobbied for it what made you change your mind i mean what happened drug dealer should be in jail not the drug user we have to take this individual to treatment program not to jail unfortunately in last 20 25 years things have changed so much that you know we feel very uncomfortable and the global players you know for example 1985 ndps act where we had a, a big pressure from western lobby and they said that criminalize everything and now they have decriminalized in their countries and we are still continue it is, it is like you know 377 in in a new avatar in a country where you have bhang ganja hashish uh, marijuana uh, different forms of it in different versions in fact there are certain festivals there are certain communities where it's a very accepted practice is it possible actually to officially ban these because india as diverse as it is where do you say this is accepted this is not accepted these are the drugs which are not long term dependency formation i'm not saying that you know it does not uh, create dependency it creates dependency but then education sensitization counseling all those things come but if you if you say that someone is using uh, marijuana will get 10 years jail and, and and that happened initially the jail term for marijuana and heroin was same but the profit in marijuana and profit in heroin was so much different so the people started selling more and more smack that's why when in 1985 the number of heroin users were in thousands now the heroin users are almost like 3 crore so you know these are the things which which are very important for the policy makers and and people those who are implementing it that where country should go when there are more jails than rehabilitation centers in a country the doctor is clear that he is asking for decriminalization of drugs and not legalization there is a difference between decriminalization and legalization i give you an example of bihar in bihar alcohol is illegal but in up you know west bengal jharkhand it is it is legal so in bihar if someone consumes alcohol will go to jail for 10 years so legalization and decriminalization these are two different things and when you say i am advocating just the way you are part of the 1980s groups who did advocate for the act how are you going about it are there forums have you all approached the home minister how are you going about it so we are pleading to government that please don't criminalize individuals and ministry of social justice was kind enough to look at our issue and i think now they have made some suggestions to government that uh, drug use should not be criminalized in fact i heard a statement by state minister of ministry of social justice and empowerment and he said that we are for decriminalization of the drug rather than uh, sending them to jail 
You've got an interesting recommendation from the Social Justice Ministry that's again, in fact, put forth this debate over whether this is the kind of action that needs to be taken. Now, the ministry has sought decriminalizing possession of small quantities of drugs for personal consumption. It's suggested to review the Narcotics, the Narcotic Drugs and Psychotropic Substances Act, that's the NDPS Act, and has recommended to adopt a more humane approach and avoid prison for drug users and drug addicts. The appeals from various sections of the society have also made the government mull over its earlier plans to bring in very harsh laws against drug users. Anubhuti Vishnoi, my colleague who has been tracking the case, explains to me the many to's and fro's that is taking place within the government on these rules. You know, this is a stringent act. Bail provisions are very stringent in it. What the government was looking to do is basically enhance some of the provisions, especially illegal trade, large quantities, and curb spread of illicit drugs through the dark web. The latest round of drug busts by the Narcotics Control Bureau was showing that there was a huge illegal drug trafficking on the web. What these new provisions will be, I mean, I read your reports where you've mentioned that inter-ministerial discussions are still on. But what would these new provisions be? The original amendments which were proposed and this legislation, the draft amendment has actually been withdrawn now for a rethink in light of all the debate around it. Earlier to enhance punishment for some offences relating to trafficking of large quantity of drugs. Also empower enforcement agencies further by treating their inquiry as judicial proceedings. Um, even include provision of forfeiture of property in case of a lesser quantity to increase the scope of the law. After the social justice ministry brought in suggestions, they did pull back a little bit. And whoever consumes small quantities can be imposed a fine of 10 to 20,000 and a six month to one year rigorous imprisonment. But the social justice ministry maintains, no, you should not have any kind of uh, imprisonment for these people. What do you see next happening? What are your sources telling you? Well, the latest development is uh, the Department of Revenue has withdrawn the draft cabinet note uh, to amend the NDPS Act and has uh, said it is pulling it back for reconsideration. We also gather that um, presentations are being held and more information has been sought on the suggestions made by the Department of Social Justice and Empowerment. So that is a good sign. I think there may be, there is scope for some fresh thinking uh, on the legal and policy framework around uh, uh, drug abuse and drug trafficking. We've reported on some of the suggestions which came in. Some are interesting, like even recommending punishment for officials who may be engaging in vexatious entry or harassing somebody without reasonable ground. Also, greater immunity from prosecution to addicts volunteering for treatment. These are being talked about. The Social Justice Ministry is suggesting that you don't even use the term addicts. You should say a drug user or dependent. So complete decriminalization. Also, easing rules for the use of cannabis for medicinal purposes. So, some good thoughts, ideas are coming in. Let's see where it goes. I think the government will take a little more time to come up with a more robust bill. While the government and the NGOs thrash out the various modalities, how suffocating can our legal systems be? Bharat Chug, advocate and former judge in many of Delhi's district courts, tells me that the legalese are so vague that jail becomes the norm while bail becomes the exception. Bharat, explain the NDPA Act to me. What happens if I am caught with a substance which is not accepted? 
So in in such a case, it would depend on what's the quantity of that substance that you are caught with, the definition of what is a drug or what is a narcotic or what is a psychotropic substance under the act is a very, very wide definition. Depending on what the quantity is, the act or the scheme of the act is, it makes a distinction between three broad categories. It buckets quantities into a small quantity or an intermediate quantity or a commercial quantity. And in each of those cases, there would be different implications. For instance, in a case where the quantity is very less, then the law would normally entitle you to bail in certain cases. If the quantity is higher, then uh, the offense becomes non-bailable and cognizable. It means that the police officer can arrest you without a warrant from the court, would not release you on bail, and you'll have to be produced before a court. And then the court would then decide if you have to be granted bail or not. And uh, given the way the law is structured, getting bail in an NDPS case is extremely difficult Bharat is quite vocal about the need to change what he calls the Draconian NDPS Act, where there is a verdict before trial. For instance, when movie icon Shah Rukh Khan's son Aryan Khan was sent behind bars for about three weeks, this very NDPS Act came under the limelight. It's a verdict before a trial. There are other aspects of the act which are equally disturbing, if not more. For instance, we as a criminal justice system, we normally say that every person is presumed to be innocent until the charge is proved beyond all reasonable doubt. But that presumption of innocence, which is a very basic element of fairness, is turned on its head in an NDPS offense where the court starts off with the presumption of guilt and it is for the accused or the suspect to come to the court and prove her innocence. So this is something that's known as a reverse onus in the law. That's something that's very, very draconian. If amendments are done, and there's always the case where the drugs that is being used today may be very different than what was happening earlier. They are far more sophisticated drugs. How do you prevent issues of sale of drugs on dark web or reduce the coming in or the imports of these drugs and at the same time make the law more relaxed? I mean, how do you do that? That's a very good question. I think the law needs to very carefully make a distinction between consumers, consumers of small quantities, countries across the world are decriminalizing such cases and looking at them more scientifically instead of just prosecuting people. For instance, you know, simple things like having better regulation at the customs, uh, better regulation in terms of the dark web or, 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 you know, the use of cryptocurrency that may finance such a thing. All of that becomes important. And if, if that is done, then the focus again should shift to, to the producers and the manufacturers and not the end users. It's interesting that you bring in the word cryptocurrency right now. So therefore, cryptocurrency could be a way to understand where the sudden money is uh, used. So there's again a need for us to regulate that aspect also. For instance, if cryptocurrency is, is strictly regulated in terms of KYCs and so on, at least you'll have some broad sense of the usage of a particular currency and that may that may take care of the supply side in that sense the law again or even on cryptocurrency leaves a lot to be desired how long does it take for their bails to come in i mean if if they have access to the bail amount are they languishing in jail for months 
absolutely i used to go to jails to actually uh, see how many under trials are languishing there for want of bail and there were there are hundreds and thousands of people out there who do not have proper representation there are some people who do not know that they can apply for bail then there are people who've been granted bail by the courts but they are not able to furnish the bail amount and given the nature of the law where the denial of the bail is the rule and bail is the exception which is totally opposite to how it works elsewhere because of that then you may in terms of timelines you know this can take years and years we we've seen ndps trials going on for a decade and the person at the end of the trial may very well be acquitted and but then again you stayed in for for the entirety of that period and in that sense the process itself becomes the biggest punishment and while bharat and i were talking from delhi and mumbai the legal loopholes faced in smaller towns and villages can absolutely ruin lives the facilities and infrastructure is absolutely uh, dismal there people don't have basic healthcare facilities for ordinary health issues and uh, i think the, no no personal experience of course with how the addiction facilities are elsewhere in the country but safe to assume that they wouldn't be there we have heard the legal and the humanitarian aspects that the government is expected to look into but what about the police and the narcotics bureau who are held responsible for keeping an eye on the dark web and our porous borders do their efforts go in vain when they catch a substance user but are hauled up for letting the larger fish slip past Neeraj Kumar former Delhi police commissioner chalks out the drug routes and difficult task cut out for the men in uniform the origin of these drugs are mostly overseas they come from you know either the golden crescent which is pakistan and afghanistan all the golden triangle to the eastern part of india which is uh, myanmar uh laos and uh, thailand and we are caught in between of course there is a small player in the shape of nepal as well and not to forget some of our own territories in india where very high quality of cannabis is grown so given this scenario what happens is that we get hold of an intermediary we catch hold of the next and then the next steer but unfortunately we are not able to go to the source how do you think the police force can change its uh, modus operandi when it comes to drug menace that's a very good question in fact we have also done operations where we have had what are called controlled deliveries controlled deliveries are that you know that drugs are being supplied from one source to a certain destination we catch hold of some intermediary and we tell the intermediary that we know that you are in this business and we have the option of booking you but we are giving you an opportunity by letting you go ahead with your supplies we will turn a blind eye to what uh, you are doing provided you tip us off at the right moment of delivery so that we are able to catch hold of the person who is receiving the 
supplies. And we have tried to work out the entire chain. How frustrating is it for the police forces and the various task forces who are given the responsibility of managing or curtailing drug abuse? And at the same time, there are bail options or there are different series of punishments because you don't want to just penalize someone for a, let's say, comparatively smaller charge. But at the same time, you are held responsible to curtail it as well. How challenging is that? It is challenging because if there are rave parties, you know, happening uh, all around, then you are to blame. If every second, you know, Bollywood party in Mumbai, for instance, drugs are being, you know, uh, served freely, it doesn't reflect very well on the uh, Mumbai police or the Mumbai NCB or the anti-drug squad of Mumbai. So, and at the same time, if you lay your hands on these high-profile drug users, then you imagine what kind of media backlash or public backlash happens. Yes, high-profile parties, etc. is different. But how do the police force again stop it from being used in communities? It's very accepted. Yes, the frank answer to that question is that uh, in so many places, we turn a blind eye. For instance, on the streets of Varanasi, or say even in Ujjain, or uh, even say in Manali, uh, you know, people turn a blind eye. It is the choice of the people. I remember I was DGP of Goa in 2006-07, and the order of the day. And when I realized that it was happening, I said, I will not allow this. And I went after these rape parties uh, systematically. And believe it or not, in a matter of about six months or so, the rape parties stopped. It came to a point where MLAs came to me and said, okay, you are not allowing the rape parties. I'm going to have them in my farmhouse and let's see how you stop them. That was a challenge thrown at me. I said, okay, you uh, try and hold it and I'll, I'll see what I can do. So I never went to their farmhouse. All I did was put up a picket a little away, you know, uh, a police picket and started checking the people who were going for the party. And I started checking their passports and, their, and they all ran away. The party never happened. And there were accusations that, oh, the present DGP has hurt the tourism industry of Goa and so on and so forth. So what I'm trying to say that the people who are in charge, they have to take a call whether uh, we should allow this or we should not allow this, whether we should allow the tourism sector to be hit or not hit, whether we are going to take on the politicians who are behind these rackets or not. It is a personal choice. After all, this was happening even before me. And it, you know people turned a blind eye that, you know, well, Goa, Ray parties in Goa, it's the done thing. Neeraj said he stopped the rave parties in Goa, but that was a temporary halt. As drugs get more sophisticated, at what point can we say with surety that a more humane approach and not harsher penalty will be the deterrent? 
And while lawmakers, politicians, social reformers fight over the correct measures, do spare a thought for those thousands behind bars who probably have forgotten at what stage did they cross over from being a mere user to a supplier or a mule to an accomplice. Because only very few can manage to step out of the prison gates. This is a hero's welcome. There are so many people who've gathered, media frenzy, paparazzi, fans, the sound of drums. So there's a traffic jam in uh, Bandra outside Shah Rukh Khan's home. This is Aryan Khan uh, returns home after 28 days in jail. I'm Devina Sengupta and you're listening to The Morning Brief. Bhavya Dilip Kumar is a creative editor for the episode. The sound edits were done by Swati Joshi and the episode was produced by Sondarya Jayachandran. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. Do send in your feedback to the morning brief at timesgroup.com and share the episode on your social media networks. The morning brief is every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a nice day ahead. Credits for all external clips used in this episode have been mentioned in the episode description and belong to their respective owners.